Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we'll go over the topic of immune thrombocytopenia, or ITP, from the HEME section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 42-year-old man presents to his primary care physician's office for easy bruising and gingival bleeding. He reports his symptoms began one day prior to presentation and has never occurred before. Medical history is significant for a recently diagnosed hepatitis C infection. On physical exam, there is mild bleeding of the gums. There are petechiae throughout the chest, arms, and legs. There is no evidence of splenomegaly on abdominal exam. A complete blood count is significant for a platelet count of 24,000 per microliter, and peripheral blood smear demonstrates enlarged platelets. He has started on corticosteroids. Now, let's get into the episode. As a quick introduction, the clinical definition of immune thrombocytopenia is an acquired immune-mediated destruction of otherwise normal platelets. The classification of immune thrombocytopenia is divided into primary immune thrombocytopenia, or ITP, and secondary ITP. So primary immune thrombocytopenia is an immune-mediated thrombocytopenia without an underlying condition, while secondary ITP is immune-mediated thrombocytopenia with an underlying condition, for example, an HIV infection. In terms of the epidemiology, as far as demographics, ITP is commonly seen in children 1 to 7 years of age. Moving on to etiology, primary ITP etiology is unknown, while secondary ITP etiology can be from autoimmune disorders like systemic lupus erythematosus or antiphospholipid syndrome. It could also be secondary to infections like HIV or hepatitis C virus, malignancy like chronic lymphocytic leukemia, and vaccinations. As far as the pathogenesis of immune thrombocytopenia, IgG antibodies are directed against platelet membrane glycoproteins such as GP2B-3A, which is a type 2 hypersensitivity reaction. Moving on to the presentation of immune thrombocytopenia, as far as symptoms, these patients can be asymptomatic, however, when they are symptomatic, can have bleeding symptoms like gingival bleeding or epistaxis. On physical exam, these patients can manifest with petechiae, purpura, ecchymosis, and remember that it is atypical to have a palpable spleen. Moving on to studies for immune thrombocytopenia, as far as making the diagnosis, primary ITP is characterized with isolated thrombocytopenia, for example, less than 100,000 per microliter, without a known cause. Secondary ITP is also characterized with isolated thrombocytopenia, for example, less than 100,000 per microliter, with an underlying cause, for example, patients that are positive for an HIV infection. It's also important to rule out other causes, like consumption from active bleeding, as well as medications like cimetidine. The differential diagnosis for immune thrombocytopenia includes hypersplenism, liver disease, and microangiopathic hemolytic processes, for example, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. As far as hypersplenism, the distinguishing factor between hypersplenism and ITP is that hypersplenism will have splenomegaly. The distinguishing factor between liver disease and ITP is that in liver disease, you will have elevated transaminases and hepatosplenomegaly, as well as coagulation abnormalities that may be present. The distinguishing factor between microangiopathic hemolytic processes, such as thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, is that in microangiopathic hemolytic processes, schistocytes are appreciated on peripheral blood smear. The treatment of immune thrombocytopenia can be conservative, medical, or operative. Conservative options include observation, which is indicated in patients with a platelet count of greater than 30,000 per microliter and no bleeding. Medical treatments include corticosteroids, which are indicated as the initial treatment for patients with a platelet count of less than 30,000 per microliter. Moving on to intravenous immunoglobulins, or IVIG, this is indicated for patients with a platelet count of less than 30,000 per microliter, 
who have contraindications to corticosteroids, are refractory to corticosteroid treatment, or are bleeding or have a high risk of bleeding that will need a rapid increase in platelet count. Operative options include splenectomy, which is indicated as the second-line treatment for patients with refractory immune thrombocytopenia. Complications of immune thrombocytopenia is fatal hemorrhage. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, A seven-year-old boy is brought to his pediatrician's office by his mother with a new-onset rash. His mother says that the rash appeared suddenly yesterday. He is otherwise well. His medical history is unremarkable except for a recent upper respiratory infection that resolved without intervention two weeks ago. His temperature is 98.2 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 110 over 74 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 84 per minute. And respirations are 18 per minute. Physical exam shows a well-appearing child with a diffuse petechial rash. Complete blood count is as follows. Hemoglobin is 12.6 grams per deciliter. Hematocrit is 37%. Leukocyte count is 5,100 per cubic millimeter. And platelet count is 65,000 per cubic millimeter. Which of the following is the best choice in management? And the choices are 1. Dexamethasone 2. Intravenous immunoglobulin or IVIG 3. Observation 4. Rituximab and 5. Splenectomy The correct answer to this question is 3. Observation So this patient's presentation with sudden-onset petechial rash after a URI combined with thrombocytopenia is consistent with the diagnosis of immune thrombocytopenic purpura. Children with ITP with skin involvement only are best managed with observation. To quickly review, ITP is a disorder where antibodies are directed towards platelet membrane proteins such as GP2B-3A, which lead to platelet consumption by splenic macrophages, resulting in thrombocytopenia. It often follows a viral illness. In most cases, patients present with diffuse petechia or purpura and are otherwise well. For these patients, the treatment is observation only, as the disease is often self-limiting. However, pediatric patients presenting with bleeding slash hemorrhage and adult patients with platelet counts under 30,000 per cubic millimeter should be managed medically. Initial pharmacologic management should begin with either a single dose of IVIG or a short course of oral corticosteroids. Failure of initial pharmacologic management requires the use of either rituximab or dexamethasone. Splenectomy is indicated for patients that have failed all medical management. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, dexamethasone is an initial pharmacologic agent for patients that have failed to respond to initial interventions such as IVIG or oral steroids. Answer 2, IVIG may be used to manage patients with ITP presenting with mucosal bleeding or hemorrhage or adult patients with platelet counts under 30,000 per cubic millimeter, regardless of symptoms. Answer 4, rituximab is an antibody directed against CD20 that may be used as a second-line pharmacotherapy for patients that have failed initial medical management. And finally, answer 5, splenectomy is only indicated for patients that have failed all forms of medical management. To leave you with a bullet summary, children with ITP with skin involvement only are best managed with observation. And moving on to the final question, a 28-year-old woman with no significant past medical history presents to her primary care physician with increased menstrual bleeding over the past three months. She also notes easy bruising and bleeding from her gums when brushing her teeth. She's sexually active with multiple partners and has no history of intravenous drug use. Physical exam is remarkable for petechiae and scattered ecchymoses on the patient's bilateral upper and lower extremities. Urine beta HCG is negative. Laboratory results are as follows. Hemoglobin is 13 grams per deciliter. 
white blood cells are 6,000 per milliliter, platelets are 95,000 per milliliter, PT is 13.2 seconds, and APTT is 30 seconds. Peripheral blood smear shows normocytic, normochromic red blood cells and few platelets with no morphologic abnormalities. Which diagnostic study should be performed next? And the choices are 1. Serum factor 8 levels and von Willebrand factor activity. 2. Vitamin B12 and folate levels. 3. Measurement of Adam TS13 activity. 4. HIV and HCV testing. And 5. Bone marrow aspiration. The correct answer to this question is 4. HIV and HCV testing. So idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, or ITP, appears to be the most likely cause of this patient's isolated thrombocytopenia. However, ITP is a diagnosis of exclusion, and other causes of isolated thrombocytopenia, such as HIV and HCV infection, must be ruled out first. To quickly review, thrombocytopenia in ITP is thought to be caused by autoantibody-mediated platelet destruction, often following a viral infection. Symptoms include mucosal bleeding, easy bruising, and the development of petechiae and purpura. ITP can be distinguished from other hematologic causes of thrombocytopenia via the absence of fever, splenomegaly, schistocytes on blood smear, and an abnormal PT-PTT. Because HIV and HCV are common causes of thrombocytopenia, these must be ruled out in individuals with risk factors such as multiple sexual partners or a history of IV drug abuse before a diagnosis of ITP can be made. Thrombocytopenia secondary to HIV or HCV infection is thought to result from the development of antibodies against platelet surface proteins due to molecular mimicry with HIV and HCV fragments. Gower and Braun discuss the presentation and management of ITP. Patients may be asymptomatic or present with severe bleeding. Treatment with steroids, IVIG, or rituximab is typically started when platelets are below 50,000 per milliliter or there is active bleeding. Other treatment options include splenectomy or thrombopoietin receptor agonists. Nunert et al. described the prognosis of chronic ITP in a study involving 1,345 children. They showed that 37% of patients go into remission between 28 days and 6 months, and up to 40% go into remission between 6 months and 2 years. Serious complications such as intracranial hemorrhage were not observed during the 2-year observation period. To quickly go over the incorrect answers, answer 1, von Willebrand's disease does not typically present with thrombocytopenia. Also, APTT may be prolonged in von Willebrand's disease if factor 8 levels are sufficiently low. Answer 2, vitamin B12 and folate deficiency can cause pancytopenia with macrocytic anemia. This patient has isolated thrombocytopenia, making other diagnoses more likely. Answer 3, thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura is characterized by reduced ADAMTS13 activity. The patient's presentation is not consistent with thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura. And finally, answer 5, HIV and HCV infection should be ruled out before bone marrow aspiration assessing for hematologic disorders is performed. That's all for this review about immune thrombocytopenia or ITP. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast so far, we'd appreciate your consideration in leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.